Welcome everyone to episode three of From the Stands with the Cool Picks show. My name is Ryan and of course I'm your host for this afternoon. I hope everyone is doing well and excited for another um, interesting interview that we are going to have with Mitch from the Born Ruffians. Uh, first off, I would like to thank, of course, our sponsors, Matt DeCastro from Mad Creative, who does all of our design work for all of our logos that you see ahead of the show. So again, today we're chatting with Mitch from Born Ruffians. So let's get right to it and bring him in. Connecting, waiting. There he is. Hello. Hey, Mitch. How are you? Hey, Good, how are you? Good, man. So thanks again for doing this. Um, we're really excited to have you on episode three of the show. Um, as I mentioned, it's something that I wanted to get uh, started since we're all in this phase of quarantine. Um, and what better time to do it than now, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you picked a good time. So, um, so let's hop right into it. Um, first off, I wanted to see if you could tell the viewers a little bit about yourself and how you got into music. Yeah, uh, so I play bass for Born Ruffians, and uh, we I guess like, we got together in high school uh, in when we were about 16. Um, I've known Luke, our singer, for my whole life. He's my cousin, um, and he was the one that kind of pushed me to pick up an instrument and start a band with him, basically. Uh, so, like, going into music class in high school, I think I wanted to play trumpet or something. I don't know. And he's like, why don't you play bass? I'll play guitar. We'll start a band. And I was just like, okay. And now I'm still doing that. So that's pretty funny. That's pretty awesome. So you mentioned Luke's your cousin. How did Born Ruffians kind of get started? And where did the idea or the concept get created to start up? Yeah, well, so it, it started in the high school music class, like I was saying, and how uh, we, so me, Luke, and Steve, the three of us, uh, were in the same music class together. Um, Steve had just started learning drums, I just had just started learning bass, and Luke had been taking guitar lessons for a couple of years at that point. And it kind of started as something that, uh, I don't know what we had in mind as a, as a goal. We were just kind of like, this is fun, we love music. Luke and I especially were brought up in a family of people who played music all the time and so it was always around us and always felt like something we'd eventually do but I don't know if we knew we would take it beyond just like family gatherings and playing music for each other so um we started yeah in high school once we saw the strokes play on SNL I think that kind of like sealed the deal for us for being like oh we can we should do this like we should take this seriously we can we don't we don't we don't just have to mess around and play for fun in our basement we can we should try and play real shows and try and make a real record. So from there, that's where it kind of took off and it kind of worked. I, th I think it worked. <laughs> well, it's worked so far. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you guys have released six albums with, uh, with the newest one juice, which we'll get into in a second. But what I want to find out is you guys have toured so much uh, together. What's been your like highlight reel of touring? Like what's been your most favorite experience so far of the whole uh, tour scene? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to wrap up in like one kind of uh, moment or one show or something. I still, it's a weird thing to to feel like you're looking back on when it's still kind of happening. Like obviously it's on hiatus right now, but um, I'm still just kind of amazed at how much we're able to travel. Like, I don't think like I'm, a, I'm a pretty big homebody. Like I would be at home a lot if I wasn't doing this as a job. So I got to see, I get to see a lot of places that I would never 
ever get to see. Like we went to uh, we went to Prague last year, or a year and a half ago now. I, that's crazy. We've been to China. We've been to Australia. We've been to a lot of places that I don't know if I'd ever get to go to if I wasn't doing this. Uh, and then beyond that, like making these surprise friendships at shows along the way where people that you see come out to every show, wherever it might be, like whether it's, you know, Vancouver or Los Angeles, wherever, like you, you, you end up meeting a lot of the same people over and over again. And it, it's a cool way to become like these funny distant pen pals that you have like once or twice a year you get to see in real life. So that's, that's a pretty cool thing about, you know, being in a band and traveling so much. Nice. Yeah, there's definitely, I've been to so many concerts myself where like you definitely see that following of people, no matter what show you're at, um, that you always just seem to run into. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel at every show. <laughs> um, now the band's released a six album, as I mentioned, called Chichi. Um, what kind of work went into making that album and what would you say is your favorite track of the album? Uh, Juice has been in the works for almost over two years, I think. So, but right before our fifth record came out, we already went to work on recording this one. So we we released two records since we started recording Juice. And uh, I found that kind of crazy because I didn't believe how fast that time went by, but January 2018 was when we stepped in the studio for this record. And then February of the same year, we released Uncle Duke and the Chief, our fifth record. So before that one was even out, we had this one going. And so it was a long time. It was kind of like spread out over like a whole year, year and a half or so of going into the studio, a few different studios and kind of chipping away at it and seeing what we were. Sometimes you go in without any expectations. You're like, maybe we're recording like a song or two. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we have like more than a record right now. So that's kind of how that went. Uh, for us, but I think Wavy Haze, the last track, is probably my favorite song, if I had to pick one. Um, we started a label here in Canada just this year for putting this record out on, and it's called Wavy Haze Records after the song, um, because the song is kind of about those early days of the band and remembering back on them and how insane it is that we started as these teenagers living in a house together spending our last money on beer and then <laughs> play shows. It's just like a weird, wild time that doesn't feel real. And that's kind of what the name of the song and the record label is based on. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, I took a listen to the, to the album and it's a really, really great album. And I cannot wait to see you guys on the road when all of this nonsense. Uh, Same is, here, Ryan. We're Same back here. on the road. What's that, yeah. Ryan? Same here. I can't wait to... Yeah. Get out there, play anything, anywhere. I'll play whatever Hayride Festival will take us at this point. Yeah, I get exactly. it. <laughs> um, now, turn away from music for a quick second. I know that you had mentioned you're a bit of a wrestling fan. So if you had could have lunch with any wrestler, who would it be and why? Oh, my God. I feel like this is a, t this is a real tough one and probably the hardest question I'll ever receive. Uh, oh, I can I feel like that. I know it's because I am, I'm a big fan. I, I love wrestling since I was a kid and it's just kind of stuck with me my whole life. I feel like you kind of get hypnotized by it when you're young and then you're just like, yeah, I think this is, I, I, I like it. And then you're just like, I love this. I can't stop watching it. Uh, I'm an adult now. So a wrestler to have lunch with, there's a lot. I feel like I have a sentimental favorite in, uh, Oh, do I lose you? Oh, you're back. No, uh, in, uh, in Bret Hart. I feel like, he would 
he's not afraid to say things that maybe, you know, having like a, a casual conversation with a, another wrestler would be a little more guarded. But I think Bret Hart doesn't uh, give a shit anymore. <laughs> so he would just say whatever. And I feel like I could pick his brain and hear his crazy stories. He was my favorite. Yeah, and for, for me, like I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but I, um, The Rock would be my number one. I know it sounds like the go-to or the scapegoat because he's been around for so long, but outside of his wrestling career, I just feel like he could have so much to talk about with his acting and his movies and everything else that he's done as yeah. well. So it wouldn't just be one topic. You'd be talking about so many other things as well, right? Yeah, um, we had a question in the like, the second you said it, I was like, oh, I probably should have said The Rock. That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Because uh, then I would, have, I would have had to think of someone else. So yeah. <laughs> um, we had a comment or a question come up in the comments. And during the early days, um, did you guys all have side jobs outside of developing music? Or what did you do before music kind of got involved? Uh, so growing up uh, in Midland, we all had different jobs. My parents owned a restaurant called McBee's in uh, our hometown, and I worked there. I worked just about every job you could work there. And um, Luke and Steve had a few different jobs working at, they worked at like the CD store in the mall. Uh, so CD Plus, shout out for any Midland people in the chat right now. But uh, yeah, so in Midland, we had some jobs. In Toronto, yeah, we had a few jobs. Steve worked at a butcher shop. Um, I think Luke had a serving job at one point. I worked at Canadian Tire for a bit, but it was all like in this short window leading up to our first tour where we kind of had to be like, a lot of jobs aren't cool with you just being like, bye, I'm going away for several weeks. Will I have a job when I get back? And they're like, no, you no, <laughs> your job is gone now. So uh, we've been lucky and very fortunate that since that, um, that first tour and kind of things snowballing since then and getting uh, better and better. We've for the most part, besides like maybe a few things here and there, like some side job or some, you know, like a few other I think Steve, when he took some time off for school, had another job for the most part, this has been our main job and we're very lucky and grateful for that because it's a fantasy. Awesome. Um, and we also had another comment in uh, in the chat uh, talking about Bret Hart and how badass he is because he definitely would not give two shits about anything anymore. That's true. He's had he's had cancer. He's had a stroke. He's had uh, his entire family has had nothing but sorrow and death happen to them. Uh, and not only that, he's the best wrestler of all time. And so come fight me is what I'm trying to say. If you, if you, want, to, if you want to say better, come at me. I fight Steve about this in our band every day. Now, we had another question come up. Does Charlie come on tour with you? Uh, so Charlie is my dog, who I post a lot about on our Instagram and Twitter. Um, he's come to a couple shows, uh, but unfortunately, it's hard to take. Uh, it's Tour for a, a human can be really detrimental to the, uh, the body and lifestyle. So bringing a dog on tour, unless if you're, I don't know, you know, like a superstar traveling on a bus where you can stop and take your dog out whenever you want and go walk them in the city for the entire day before your show, then you're, that's cool. But for us, we're literally just crammed in a van for eight hours and then get out, load in, play a show, go to bed. So that would be a bad life for a dog, I think. Definitely for sure. Um, now going back to kind of maintain that sports talk for a minute, being in Midland, your lo uh, most local NHL hockey team with the Leafs. What's been something that you've admired about the Leafs, hated about the Leafs, uh, just like your experience with them? 
I know, I'm throwing the hard ones at you today. I know, I know. That one's just like a gut punch only because, there's well, there's no hockey now. And also the Leafs, uh, being a fan of the Leafs has its ups and downs. Uh, or I could, it has its up and downs, maybe is the way to say it. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. I It's something kind of passed down to you. I feel like fandom in sports a lot of time, like through your family and uh, or maybe where you grew up, like you're saying. So my dad was a Leafs fan, and that was passed down to me ever since I was a kid. I remember watching the playoffs when I was too young to really even understand, but crying when they get got eliminated. Uh, I think made of the Blackhawks in like the first round one time, and I was just bawling my eyes out, fully not even knowing why, but just knowing like I love this and I'm sad that it's over. So it's become a tradition every year for me to bawl my eyes out <laughs> as a grown up <laughs> as they get eliminated. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. I've, I've, the older I got, the more I've grown to appreciate the game itself and just being a fan. I'll try, I find myself going to more and more games every year if I can afford it. And I don't know, it's just a, a passion of mine and I hope it's back soon, but it seems like it's going to be pretty, pretty tough for anything to come back soon. So all about the safety first. Yeah. hundred percent. That's the thing is I've been kind of monitoring stuff and saying like they're even looking at delays in the start of the 2020-2021 season now because of what's happening and i think they're still trying to get the idea of finishing off this season which would delay next season and how all that would work so that's going to be interesting to see kind of what format what layout happens especially with the timelines given um to see like will we see july and august hockey or are we just going to call it quits for the year and wait until September and October and start things back up fresh again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to say because, like, I feel that it's everything feels so far off when you're talking about huge gatherings of people, like concerts or sporting events, that it's impossible it, when they have to plan so far in advance to be like, well, in order for the, the next season to start, we need to finish this one in this time frame. Like, it's too much. There's so much up in the air that it seems crazy to plan anything. But I don't know. They, I'm sure they'll figure something out hopefully soon. Or safely, yeah. Fingers crossed, because I like for, I know a bunch of like there's a bunch of sports fans out there that are just going stir crazy right now, and yeah. like obviously the the TSN sports nets and everything have been doing really good with being able to like replay back classic games. Um, like like yesterday, I was watching Game Six of the Raptors NBA Championship game, and that was really cool. But then they've also done like Jay's ninety two ninety three World Series, so that's been really neat. So it's it's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple more questions that have come in. Um, one is from Oh, I Got Music. How did the song Dedication come about? Uh, dedication, I remember writing in uh, this jam space that Royal Mountain Records has. They, uh, You might have seen Luke. He played on Instagram Live as a part of their uh, their live series of, of bands coming and doing uh, live sessions uh, just last week, I think. And yep. so they're in Toronto, and um, we would go jam at their space just because they they've got a good spot where we can just go write, work on music, whatever. And I remember sitting down, and we just started writing it. And I feel like, not just because I'm the bass player and the one doing the interview, but I remember playing the bass line, and then we kinda, like started picking away at that and building around it. And then, uh, like a lot of songs with Luke, he'll start singing. When we're jamming in a room, like he doesn't have words, it'll just be gibberish or what sounds good and then he'll pick something out of that and start forming an idea as time comes so when he started writing the lyrics it became a little more of a like it's a pretty upbeat song but it's a pretty also dark or lyrically song 
kind of about how uh, humans are dedicated to maybe destroying the earth and ourselves. So that's kind of where it came from and what it's about. Cool. Um, another question we have is you have a killer stash, but someone uh, asked, wanted me to ask you to, if you would ever shave your mustache. Uh, great question. Whoever asked that, uh, I'm no, I'm never going to shave it. I'm going to have it forever. Uh, quarantine. It's going to get bigger and longer. It's going to be like Lanny McDonald. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. It'll also be gray by the time we're out of here. Um, so it's just going to be a glorious, uh, real, real bushy. Uh, it's going to maybe even like tie into my hair eventually. <laughs> One big air mask helmet. And we're going to like come out of this, like we're crawling out of a cave being unthawed as a caveman. Honestly, like I've had my beard and my stash for, I don't even know how long anymore. I've lost count, but my yeah. friends are, Oh, you should just like, at the start of quarantine, like a month ago, they're like, Oh, you should have just shaved it all off. Let it grow and just see what happens until the end of quarantine. When we get it, I was like, no, nah, I couldn't live with myself with that. It's like, it, it gets to a certain point and I'm just like, I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, jumping back into set of music now, um, if you had to pick one of your um, biggest challenges with music, whether that's trying to think of songs and records, right. Or maintaining that, um, composure of like where to tour, where not to tour, things like that. What would be your biggest challenge that you would say you've had to face so far? Um, I think for a lot of bands, maybe even around our like age or our length of career right now, um, I find that bands are lately having to become very creative in how they promote themselves and how they uh, make try to get people interested in a band putting out a record. Like, uh, I feel like it's a it's an art to be able to do it in a way that feels really natural and not um, kind of a cheap promotion kind of thing but i feel like bands need more reason than just hey we put out a record a lot of times these days um and for us like we've ever since we started our band we were you know i think 20 i mean not since we started our band but since our first record we were 21 or 22 and we had some buzz and that helped but we were a brand new band and then as you get older and put more and more records out you're comparing instead of your record against other bands you're comparing it against yourself so you're always trying to like find new reasons to get people to to come check out your record again and i when we i feel like our style or our what we've done which is just built a, a loyal fan base for years and years now we have a great uh group of fans that will come and check out the record every time which is amazing um and it's always trying to about about trying to find a way to reach out to more people and i think that can be a challenge because it is it's a part of the band that you don't think about when you start a band you're like i want to write songs and make music and play shows and you're like well you also have to do your own marketing and promotional stuff and you're like oh but i just want to play shows <laughs> and you start to realize there's so much more to it and it can be a bit frustrating but it's also kind of the nature of it so we try to embrace it as best we can definitely yeah there's definitely so many different aspects that go into touring and producing music that a lot of people don't even think about when they're kind of starting off, right? Um, yeah. And if you had to, for those that are listening or tuning in, that want to kind of start a career in music or don't know really where to start, what advice would you give them um, that would kind of help them in the right direction? Um, 
that's a, always a tough one. I feel like we always try to pull from our own experiences first, which was just playing as, this is a hard one now, which would be playing as often as you can. Um, we kind of became obsessed with just trying to play anywhere that would take us when we first started, which helps both with um, you getting better on stage and you're getting your name out there. Although that's weirdly not that important at first. It's more about, I feel like making friends in your community of musicians and stuff and trying to like, that's how you start getting more shows. You know, you, you meet someone at a show and you're like, Oh, I have a band too. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. Let's play together. Like it, it kind of went like that for us to start. And that is a very tough thing to do, obviously right now with no shows, but in light of that, it is about playing just as much as you can and kind of like becoming obsessed with your instrument or with writing a song or whatever it might be. So, I mean, there'll be a lot more live streams nowadays and maybe that'll continue after. But um, yeah, I think that would be, that's always my first piece of advice. I feel like is just get out there and play as much as you can. Yeah. Just put yourself out there and get that exposure. Yeah. Um, if you could pick one album to listen to from now until the end of this quarantine, which could be a month, it could be four months, hopefully not the latter. Um, what album would you pick and why? Oh, boy. Um, I've had a few of these kind of questions where it's like that Desert Island kind of song or album. And it's always really hard. I feel like there's just so much music. But I guess that's the point of the question. Uh, so uh, one I would always go back to is music from Big Pink by the band. Um, I just love the band's music. I feel like I have a lot of not only just love for their music in general, but it's tied to a lot of memories of my dad and uh, Luke's dad growing up playing their songs and we jam with them all the time. But I feel like that record is just so perfect in how it sounds and uh coming out when it did when like rock was getting a lot heavier they went a lot more country and a lot more there's just nothing that really sounds like the band to me and uh that record i don't know it just it strikes a chord with, with me just them writing it all in one house and recording it too it's it's great it's a great record yeah and especially when it has that sentimental feeling and uh, and kind of direction towards it too it all always makes things a lot better as well than just picking one out of the blue because you like that song right yeah um before we let you go um is there anything else that you want to add or chat about um that you want to share with the people watching right now um i don't know i am just excited for uh whatever's to come next for us like with the record out we are obviously still doing what we can to have people listen to it when we can't go and promote it at shows that we're playing. Um, I think eventually uh, Luke will be doing some more live streams so we can be able to get that feeling of a concert happening again and hanging out with fans, which is always my favorite part about touring. Um, but other than that, I don't know, just kind of listening to music, having a solitary time in quarantine, a safe time. Yeah, well, it's uh, like I said, it's a great album, and um, I know I'm definitely looking forward to when Luke does the uh, Instagram uh, live concerts again. Um, I know there were some other artists where I saw some ideas of people that would create like Zoom accounts and then have fans to like click the link for Zoom, so then you can literally have like an online concert with uh, like a, up to 500 or a thousand people and things oh, like wow. that. So. There's, there's definitely so many ways that artists are taking advantage of kind of what's happening and making it, uh, turning things into a 
positive side as well. Awesome. So, Luke, uh, Mitch, I want to thank you so much for joining us again. Born Ruffians' uh, latest album, Juice, is now available on Spotify and Apple Music. And uh, thanks again so much for uh, taking the time to chat with us today. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. All right. Take care, man. Yeah, you too.